Welcome to another depressing episode of Five at the Back. If you hear this, this is Skiff cracking open a beer right now and pouring one out for the defending champions Liverpool because we're done. We're cooked. We're out of it. It's actually so depressing this week that our Manchester United fans, Christian and uh, Charles, decided not to join us because they just could not contain their glee at the awfulness that is the Liverpool sinking ship. We are like the Lusitania, the Titanic going down, <laughs> sailing from Liverpool, <laughs> trying to trying to get to the free world, and we're going down. Well, hopefully not the Lusitania, so we don't have some type of worldwide conflict on our hands here. That's, true, true. Let's, let's avoid that. But, uh, yeah, you're, Liverpool are a little sketch. What is it? One win and five in the league. Is that I right? mean, ha- have we even won a game? I don't know. So this week it's going to be Eric. Uh, oh no, we suck again. Is his title on our uh, Zoom? Scott, who's just gleefully, joyously smiling, pounding white claws, just <laughs> happy as can be. He's got his pink grapefruit white uh, claw right now. He's drinking black cherry. Just smiling. Oh, white cherry. I'm sorry. Black cherry. Black cherry. Got it. Okay. And you know we're also missing Jen this weekend. We want to give a congratulations to her. Her uh, the school that she teaches at, the boys just won the state championship in soccer. So big shout out to her. The girls uh, unfortunately finished. Uh, um, runner-up but great year for uh soccer for them unlike uh liverpool today who um wow uh i thought we were gonna go down early because allison came out trying to karate kick a ball like he was a kung fu ninja again like hesitated came out missed the ball you know timo Werner is like oh i finally scored a goal in the premier league i'm such a great guy and now nah, it was uh var we he got varred and got called back on uh and then you know, mason mount pounded one in uh, from distance a great goal um i thought liverpool should have potentially had a penalty on a var decision but overall it was one of those games where as soon as chelsea scored you knew that we weren't going to get back in this game like it's just in their heads. In fact, Robbo said after the match, you know, once we go down one nil, I saw a lot of heads being hung, you know, and it, it's amazing the turnaround from last year's mentality monsters. And granted that title's not going to stick around forever, you know, four five, six years from now. I mean, fair is fair. That's the last year's team. This is this year's team, but good Lord, man, you think it, they wouldn't be such paper tigers. Like I, I just, I don't understand. Well, last year when we went up one, nothing, it was basically great. Put three points in the bank. We won. And the other team, I don't say they quit, but they knew that they were going to have a hard time beating us. This year, when we go down one nothing, it's the exact opposite. Um, no, but he, no, but even last year when we went down one nil, whatever, we still come back for the most part, most of the time. Right. What's the difference? Oh man, I, I think it's a little bit of a lack of leadership on the pitch. I, Van Dyke. I think Van Dyke being out, but it, but even more so, Jordan Henderson not being there. And when he was playing, not playing in his regular position. And the biggest difference for Liverpool this year, other than our injuries, which we're not going to talk about, is the fact that Sadio Mane has been bang average. Bang average. Like last year, goals were pouring in. This year, he had an opportunity earlier where we, we it looked like we were going to play the long ball versus Chelsea and try to get in behind them. And I forgot who played it, but somebody played a, a, a great ball over the top and Mane brought it down and couldn't get the second touch on it. He was one-on-one with the goalie and should have finished it. Last year, he would have finished it. But this year, he is not contributing to the team and neither is Bobby Firmino in the way that they were last year. And it was interesting. I don't know how the, the, this is going to play out, but Klopp subbed Mo Salah. Who's the best player up front for Liverpool in the 60th minute? And after he subbed him, Salah's agent tweeted out, dot, dot, dot. Oh, really? I didn't Ooh, see that. I didn't, I didn't catch that. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. And every pundit and everybody I was looking at was like, how did he just sub Salah for? He was the only one that was contributing up front. And what I really think it is, is I think that Mane and Firmino, but especially Mane, are so out of form that 
Klopp did not feel like he could substitute them because they would have lost the rest of their confidence. And I think that's how fragile those two are right now. And, you know, give it to Mourinho, right? Like, we, we bang on him a lot, but Deli Ali for most of the year, right? He's been pretty bad, but the last couple of games, him and Bale have come back in and they've played really well. So is, is he working some magic behind the scenes to be able to get them, you know, back to their old form because they were both really out of favor for a long time. And Klopp just hasn't been able to turn this around with those guys. Actually, I think that um, Daniel Levy told Mourinho to get it together. It's not happening. Like Levy's, Delhi is going to be here. I'm not selling him or loaning him for free. Play him or figure it out. I, I think Mourinho was, just doesn't have a choice. Um, and and given where the attacking players were, I I don't I don't want to be like anti Mourinho and and bang on about it. But this situation occurred over the summer where Ndombele wanted to go. I think Mourinho was comfortable with it given the situation. Levy sat Mdombele down and said, I'm not selling you, so we got to figure this thing out. And I guarantee you there – we haven't confirmed this, but if he had that conversation with Ndombele, I'm almost positive he had the conversation with Mourinho. And if he's willing to do that over Ndombele, I'm sure he's willing to do it over Bale and Delhi, who are either currently expensive or an expensive asset. So, And then Mourinho knows his job's on the line, so he's like, okay, we'll make this thing work. I think Klopp it's interesting that you brought up Spurs and I know I always make it about me, but what's going on feels similar. If you listen to the Dan Kilpatrick interview, it's like Pochettino knew we needed to freshen things up. You got to rotate the squad, keep people hungry, keep competition going. It's not Shakiri, It's not Origi. It's, it's not even Minamino who's good, but like Salah's not looking at Minamino like, right. I better get it together. Cause this, this, stud is going to beat me out right i mean it, it, you, you got to keep the squad turned over enough that players are motivated and hungry and fighting for every minute and i think that's the that might be the difference is is the mentality it's so easy to rest on your laurels at the champions we see it in every sport right who, who repeats how often do you repeat takes a special and it's not that you're not a good mentality like it's not a strong mentality but how many players have that mentality to repeat you know right well you, you even saw it earlier when jota was fresh and was playing you know when he was playing well Firmino elevated his game like he came in and started playing better and you're right there you know it, it's like that old adage like you know, you you can get stale. You do have like no competition, you know, um, behind you, and it takes a special person and a special mentality. Like, look at Tom Brady, right? Like, the dude just goes out and wins every single year. Like, it doesn't matter who he's who he plays with. He just has a different mindset. And and we're gonna touch on this later with Pep, but Pep's been able to keep his players in that mindset. You know, Saban's been able to keep his players in that mindset. And I bang on this a lot. Is Klopp a long-term solution or does he have a shelf life? Maybe it's a little bit longer than Mourinho's, but like, can he keep motivating players year after year or is he a change agent? Eric? Yeah, we... You know, I listen to a lot of FSU, you know, we're all FSU guys on the pod and we listen to a lot of FSU podcasts and and um, I listen to you know, Bud Elliott and, and uh, his podcast a lot. And one thing he was saying is, is Jimbo, he got stale the last couple of years at FSU, the head coach, not to get too much in American football, but he didn't fire some assistant coaches we had that we all thought were past their prime or couldn't bring in recruits or just kind of dead weight. And not that I'm begging on the coaching staff, but I'm talking about the roster. You know, there's some guys last two years that probably hit their ceiling. They're good system guys hit their ceiling, give it, you know, ox you know, uh, Kaida, uh, Jeannie, they're all good guys. I'm not begging on them. They're all good guys. But I think when they don't reach that the highest of the high, the upper ceiling that they can reach in their mid to, to low, which is what they're all happening this year, you see the result, you know, I think that it'd be interesting to see if it's, if it's Klopp's fault for not freshening up the, if he's doing pulling the Jimbo, go, no, 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 we're fine. We're fine. We're fine. We don't need too much. Or is it a Klopp going to FSG and FSG, we need money and they're not giving it to him. I, I would like to know the truth on that. 
Well, it's interesting. As well, I was looking at the financials, then we'll move off from Liverpool because nobody wants to hear us talk about them for 20 minutes. Um, when I was looking at the financials, like, you know, a, a, Liverpool didn't buy. They bought this summer, but the last two summers, they didn't really buy that many players. And their mantra was more lock up your players long term, which a year ago I was applauding like, hey, guys, great move. Like, let's lock down our assets and, you know, keep them here for a long term. But in some ways, I almost wonder, like, you're saying, Eric, like you're you insinuated, Scott, like, do you have to turn these squads over more often? Like you look at it, city like Aguero's going out. Yep. You know, like look at look at no. I, I think that we kind of city's this meme now, right? For oil barons and spending money, and it's hard. I don't want to point to them as like this. You know, look at the the beauty of city and their squad management. It's easy when you're you know throwing throwing that kind of money at players, but they, you know, how how many different good midfielders have they brought in, you know, like Fernandinho, Rodri, Gondouan, and all the money they, and I hate doing this, but because they, it's just throwing cash at the problem, but the process is there. Like they let, they've let some pretty good players go. They're mostly young players. You know, Sancho went, uh, Eric Garcia is leaving. They're not holding on to players for the sake of holding on to them for their value. Now you can, you know, talk about why they have all the money in the world, but I think, Liverpool, Spurs, United, and Chelsea don't have a lot of players right now that they should be moving on from. Like you could argue that they moved, should have moved on from from Conte, should have moved on from Alonso, you know, uh, Dave, Aspilicueta, like some of some of those guys. But I think United, Liverpool, and Spurs have the Dead same weight. kind of problem. Like you, you can't be afraid to let a player go, and you shouldn't be afraid to let a player go that's still pretty good for you. And that's one issue. And I don't know if it's ego. I don't know if it's perception and they're afraid to look weak, but sometimes you got to sell the 25 year old for 60 million to fund two $30 million, 30 million pound players to bring competition into the squad. And you, you never, one thing I, I think back a lot and you never really know how important some things are until six months later. And I talked about it with Dan like this chasing of Spurs with the center back over the summer, like, well, we got some pretty good options. We don't have to get them. And then our center backs have been terrible. Like if it's not, it's just terrible. And we didn't know at the time how important that was. And like, and you guys, and some of the guys you were chasing over the summer and Sancho and some of these signings that don't happen and how important they become later. Like it's very important that you build your squad and you keep it fresh and and you look forward. Uh, It's critical. If Jaden Sancho is in this United squad this year, are they at least within six points of City right now? I think so. I think so. Not not because he's that much better than Martial, but it's it's an intent thing, yep. and it's a uh, momentum, it's a uh, energy. And I I really wonder, not to get too off topic, but these clubs who have such rabid fan bases, like not having fans, how much that's impacting it too, because you play this many games and it's like, you're basically training. It's a training game match twice a week now and you're tired and it's the 75th minute and you're chasing, you know, Werner and you're chasing Conte. And it's like, okay, this guy's beat me like four times. Who freaking cares? Just go score a goal. Let's get this thing over with. How hard is that right now to, to run around for, the 172nd minute of your week of pitch time. Right. Like nobody's cheering for you. Nobody's booing you. Nobody's screaming at you. It, how do you motivate yourself? Yeah. And if it's not coming from the coach, cause the coach doesn't have it right now and it's not coming from your fans, it's gotta be that inner motivation and some players have it and some don't. I think that that's, I, I saw an interesting stat halfway through the season, not to be interesting stat guy, but I'm going to be that guy. Um, Liverpool, once they lost fans had like a net average one to one and a half points less per home match that they won like um, points per game and city had the same exact points because they're a bunch of plastic fans in the stands. Well, you guys also fell apart though, like post COVID because it didn't matter to be fair. Like, you know what I mean? Like end of last season, I remember, I really remember Eric like, 
panicking, thinking there might be a way that you'd blow the title, even though there was absolutely 100%. no way. Oh, you know? Scott, a hundred percent. You remember, yeah. Your, your boys went on holiday. Therapy, therapy they, soon come. They, yeah, because oh, yeah. they could. Um, look, we we could talk about this all day. I, I'll go ahead and uh, and pivot over to uh, just a recap because last week we talked about some of the top half of the table and what does it look like, and so I'll just I'll just go for the top few teams. City are five in a row in the league going back what 15 i don't even know what it is anymore it's just kind of gross um, 100 games it's been 100 years since they've it, lost it feels like it so city's on top at 65 points united are next at 51 so there's a 14 point gap with 11 to play so that's done that's clearly done united are on 51 leicester on 50 so there's a little bit of a fight there between those two as leicester stumbles chelsea are on 47 now, Everton are on 46 points, but they have a game in hand. West Ham, like I, it makes me sick, but West Ham are on 45 points with a game in hand over Chelsea. So if, if West Ham win their game in hand, they're, they're in the top four. Liverpool on 27, 27 games on 43 points. Spurs have a game in hand on 42 points. So if Spurs win their game in hand, we leap, leap over Liverpool. Uh, Villa are in ninth on at 39 points. Now they have two games in hand. One of them is against Spurs. So that will be interesting. And Jack Grealish's injury will play a big role there. And to round out the top half, we have Arsenal with a game in hand as well on 37 points. So the scheduling, the COVID reschedules have really kind of thrown a wrench into how this table plays out. But honestly, from seven Liverpool Spurs Villa down, there's a lot of losses the form is just bad. It's a very strange season. So City have it locked up. United and Leicester seemed like they had their positions locked up, but they've kind of stumbled. United have won one in their last five. The other four were draws. They haven't lost, but it, it's just weird. What, what do you guys think? What is your top four? Knowing that at this point, between two and eight, call it, there's nine points between second and eighth place and sixth and eighth have a game in hand on that. So nine points could very quickly become sixth, could become sixth. That that's pretty tight. It's crazy. Yeah. I think you'll see the top four that are the top four now be the top four at the end of the season. I don't know so, how the second, third and fourth will fall out, but city are obviously going to win. So that would be city United, Leicester and Chelsea. Yep. I think so too, unless less, unless Lester bottles and the the injuries become too much. You know? Unless they bring in it. That's what I was going to say. You so you th- you think they hold on? It's such a tough call. Um, and just because you made the prediction like a week ago that they were going to hold on, and then they've I think they've gone and lost two in a row or something, and <laughs> and had a bunch of players injured that got knocked out of the the Europa League, you know. I, I don't know, man. Leicester's my wild card in this. Um, I think that they are the most likely to be knocked out. I think Chelsea have a informative, smart enough manager to keep them in the top four at this point. You know, we'll see. Spurs have been hot lately. I just, man, unless something like dramatic changes, I don't see Liverpool getting back into it. No. Well, Lester, so Lester lost Harvey, Harvey Barnes, excuse me, for at least a month, I think. And I, I, I don't think, yeah, he doesn't get talked about very much, but he is really dynamic, like winger, striker, number 10, like any position in the front four in like a four, two, four, two, three, one type of formation. He's really good. And he actually plugged the hole for Vardy while Vardy was out. So I think that's going to be pretty interesting how they fill that gap while he's out. Uh, especially if Madison, you know, Madison's always in and out with little injuries. So the injuries are going to play a big role for Leicester. And as far as Spurs go, I said it last week, it's been a really good week for Spurs. I, I don't put a lot of stock into what we're going to do in the league only because we have some really good players, but we don't have enough really good players to challenge in the Carabao Cup because we have City in the final and continue to try to push in the Europa League and push in the league. Because the drop from Bale to Bergvine, like I think Bergvine has a big future, but Bale is murdering it right now. And Bergvine is like two assists all season. I mean, they, they closed the public golf courses in England and all of a sudden Bale starts pouring in goals. I mean, is that a coincidence? I think not. <laughs> did, did you see his assist to Kane in the Burnley match? 
That, no. that is a 60-yard 60 60 yard diagonal on Kane's toe and Kane blasted in from like 20. Oh, my word. Oh, Let's talk about that BS call on the Fulham goal today. Oh, it was a handball. Var. The guy's hands went to his side. There's no undoubt. It's an awful call. It's a handball. It's a, it's a oh, handball. Gosh. Handball. What, what do you want me to say? Oh. It's, so, it's about time they apply the rules correctly. So uh, <laughs> I think uh, – you know what? I'm going to make a potential bold prediction here. This could be one of those dumb years, like when Liverpool won the Champions League in 05-06, where everything domestically goes wrong. And I think we finished in like eighth that year or something stupid like that. They played pretty good in the Champions League. It's a different game. You might True. see Liverpool get it, their stuff together for the Champions League and make Champions League that that way next year but but you guys have leipzig coming up this week i believe in budapest yeah, yeah. can we play all of our games in budapest <laughs> hey at this point you're what is your <laughs> your uh streak at anfield is <laughs> we've lost five at anfield and we've yeah. lost we've won one in a row in budapest that's that streak is like a fart in the wind now so uh <laughs> you, you you have a two nil away goal advantage over Leipzig, which is impressive. They're they're a good squad. They knocked us out last season. Uh, so two nil away away advantage, which is very big. I'm curious to see what Klopp's team selection looks like. And just so everyone knows, these these matches are coming up this week, midweek. Uh, and then City have uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach, and they also have a two nil away goal advantage. So I'm curious to see what Pep does with that team. And Chelsea uh, face Atleti with a one nil away goal advantage, and that. Uh, one nil against Atleti. I would never want to. That would just make me fall to pieces if I was a Chelsea fan, knowing what was coming at me with that type of setup and the way Simeone can be. Like I would have no interest in that. Eric, what happened last time we played Atletico? I don't remember. Your boy. We, we played him. <laughs> Your boy. Oh, I, 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 of course he's, I remember. You're gonna bring it up again? I mean, we know. I mean, Adrian, Adrian's won more games uh, this year than uh, Allison has, I think, in the in the league. So uh, I don't know about that. Is he is is he not walking alone anymore? Then is he? Uh, no, Adrian is is back walking with the squad. We we let him back on the bus. Uh, he's not <laughs> having to walk two miles home. Well, that's good. That's that's good. So, and uh, so I think the Champions League is going to be really fun. And I, I actually, Skiff, you're right. Liverpool in the Champions League and Liverpool in the Premier League are, it's like watching Brighton or Liverpool. You know, I, I don't know what the problem has been in the league, but you you go out there in the Champions League and you just look like yourselves. I'm not we sure. We look if free. We don't have squeaky bum well, time. The la- we last we two look years, like squeaky what? bum all the time. The last two years, there was no problem in the league. Just this year, you know. But well, maybe it's a uh, a motivation thing, and and that that could be what it is. You don't have to get yourself up for the Champions League, right? There's no pressure. There's no title defense. Speaking of no pressure, the Europa League round of sixteen is coming up, and <laughs> United have parachuted down into. Spurs competition Thursday, Spurs day. I, I, Although I gonna, Spurs played on a Wednesday in the in the Europa League, really messed my work schedule up. I'm like, what's happening here? I was, um, was going to say, watch I, it. I, I, I thought worked. there, I thought there were four teams in the Champions League from England, right? There were, oh. there were. Um, so, so United, this is actually a really good matchup. So the Europa League round of sixteen, United have AC Milan, who are having a pretty good season. Uh, that is a battle of absolute titans. Historically, that I, I don't know if you can get a much bigger fixture in European football than those two. And as Isn't... a Spurs fan, I could not be happier to see one of the two get knocked knocked out of the competition. Is it he? And I think uh, advantage United because Zlatan is going to be missing at least the first match. Oh, is yeah, I, read. I yep. didn't see that. So advantage uh, advantage United there might be back for the second second that, fixture that'll be a really interesting one and uh, arsenal have olympiacos who's you never really know what you're going to get from them they dominate the greek league but i mean it is the greek league that they, they didn't want to send harry Maguire back there they thought he could uh go back to jail or something right so that's why yeah. united didn't get that draw they, they would have to send his sister if they wanted him to defend well and then <laughs> spurs have uh dynamo zagreb who uh incredibly tough opponent you know we we got a very harsh draw 
Spurs will be feeling hard done by here to um, have to face the Eastern Bloc champions of whatever country that is. So we'll now lose now that I made that joke. But <laughs> it's a it's a really interesting matchups and some of the big clubs and who they're who they're facing and who they're not. The two kind of minnows, Granada and Molde, drew each other. So one of them is guaranteed to advance, which is which is nice. So it's going to be a really fun uh, run in for the Europa League. So this is the round of 16 to go to the round of eight, right? Right. This there, there's one more round in in this than than the Champions League. Yep. So we got to squeeze it all in. So it'll be interesting. It'll be fun to see where it ends up. And obviously for Spurs, we're putting all of our eggs in this basket with the Carabao Cup. So we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Jose certainly got the luck of the draw so far with with some of these uh, these these teams we've been play, playing. So it got, got the city treatment is what you're saying. Oh yeah. Jose knows what, what uh, pockets to grease and which ones not to. So I, I wanted to touch on this since there was just three at the back today, we had a little bit of, a little bit of time on our side on the season to date from a stats perspective, XG, X, XG allowed expected points, kind of the whole, the whole uh, soup and nuts kit and caboodle. So if, if you look at the table and the shout out to understat.com, they have a really, really intuitive tool that, uh, that has some of this data. So on the expected goals, I think it's pretty obvious who leads that. It's Manchester City with 56 expected goals through 27 matches, which is really impressive. And the next closest team, who do you guys think it is? Based on your schmar- based on your schmarmy grin, it's got to be Liverpool. It's, <laughs> it's Liverpool. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's Liverpool. Oh, he's sorry. Got the, he's got the weight class smile going on right yeah, now. So, 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 City are on fifty six expected goals, and Liverpool on forty nine. So, if that doesn't tell you the gulf between City and the league, right there, I, I don't know what does. And um, yeah, C- City are, are just well and far above now. Spurs are way down the list in like 10th. I can't count that far down on the fly, but they're, they're very far down the list. And what's interesting to me looking at this data, Brighton, I keep banging on about Brighton and they drop the most random points, but they are eighth in expected goals, which we kind of talked about that. It, if they had a forward that could finish a chance, it would be pretty impressive what they're doing because they are underperforming their XG by 15 What's even more impressive is their expected points. They would be sitting fifth right now. Right. You see that? Yeah. Fifth. Crazy. So, so I just, I just want to put that in perspective. So Brighton have 41 expected goals and they're underperforming by 15. So 40% of their XG, they're underperforming. That is absolutely unprecedented. Messi outperforms his XG by a positive 40%. So they are as bad at finishing as Messi is good this season. Didn't they miss right, two right. penalties this on the weekend? It was at least one. I am pretty sure it was two. So there's minus two right there, buddy. Well, and it's so Graham Potter's their manager. And I, you know, when the whole Jose thing came up and I don't think that's really totally gone. I think we're going to get waxed in the league here pretty soon in some matches. I brought his name up and some, some of the guys I interact with on Twitter agreed with me, but I got a lot of rolled eyes and like, Graham who like Potter's wheel, but if they've, they had forwards, they play a fun brand and, and that, and, and their X goals allowed expected goals allowed is not exactly ugly. I mean, they're, they're competitive in that too. They're what uh, third and expected goals allowed for Brighton. Is, is that, is that Harry's grandson? You're a wizard now, Brighton, but you can't uh, score goals. Hey, I guess I, I, I guess so. I don't know, but I, I think Brighton are, are pretty impressive. Um, on the expected goals allowed, uh, unexpectedly, City are number one, and it's not particularly close, 19.7. Uh, I heard that, Skiff. And next, next best are Chelsea, which is actually surprising considering over the summer it was Kepa and it was who's going to play in, the, in central defense. And um, they've performed pretty well, I think, with Mendy and Thiago Silva and, and some of their defenders back there. I think it just goes to show you that even looking at the underlying statistics for Chelsea, they were pretty validated. Like everybody's like, oh, Fat Frank, he's the greatest. He's a Chelsea legend. But the stats show that you sucked as a coach, Frank. We want you back at Chelsea. 
but Tuchel has probably has that team closer to the level that they should actually be at on recent form. Right. And, and as I said, Brighton are third in expected goals allowed, which is very impressive. Uh, Lewis Dunk is one of those. He reminds me of uh, Tarkovsky last year. Remember, he was kind of unsung for Burnley. Lewis Dunk has been really impressive for, for Brighton. Arsenal are next, which is, you know, Arteta is quietly doing a decent job there with a relatively poor squad for Arsenal standards. And then uh, United are right there with Arsenal at uh, 31 goals allowed. And now City are at 19.7. And fifth is United at 31. So, I mean, City are just absolutely destroying. It's, it's crazy, even with those statistics, that City versus their expected points should still have more points than they do now. Right. That's and insane. That's, and that, that's the last thing I'll touch on. City are obviously, given the previous two data points, they're top of the table from expected points perspective at 61. And they have 65. So they are overperforming all of that crazy data by five points. And second expected points are uh, Chelsea. And they're eight points back on the expected points of Chelsea or of United, City, excuse me. So City are bruising this league. And then third, I know you're looking at this, Skiff. Who's third on expected points? Uh, it's Liverpool. Liverpool. Yeah. Liverpool. Brutal. Brutal. I think that kind of touches on on a little bit of everything. It's it's what you mentioned on Salah. It's yep. Bissing Van Dyke. Allison has switched his boots or something. And and it's it's I can't believe it. So you're you're underperforming your expected points by four. So you should be on 47. You're on 43. And then the flip side of that next is United. United are overperforming their expected points by six, which, you know, given all the obvious calls the referees give them, the VAR overturns everything in their favor. You know, Ole gets whatever he wants. Maguire looks at somebody and he, you know, with this penalty, you know, so United get all the calls. So, of course, they overperform their XG. Well, it, it's interesting because. Charles was on there whining today. Oh, uh, I'm so I'm so disappointed that Manchester United has two zero zero draws because I can't make fun of all you other idiots teams because mine's not doing well, and they're overperforming their you know expected goals right now by uh, eight goals. So welcome back to Earth, Charles. Like this is your team. You, you've been overperforming. Like we've been underperforming, but you've been overperforming. So welcome back to Earth, buddy. I just have to say I was sarcasm. I was just poking Ed Christian and Charles about the referee thing. I wasn't. Uh, no, I know you weren't, but that's you like, got you got you got Luke Shaw and Harry Maguire whining. Oh, the other coaches are influencing the referees' decisions. Oh, and they're over there outperforming themselves. Like, guys, chill out. You're Manchester United. You're not Man City. Like, you guys are who you are. You are who we thought you are. Quit whining about all the 7 million calls. Stop seeing Bruno Fernandez flopping around like a fish trying to get every single penalty. I'm tired of it. Like you got all the calls early on, and now you're welcome back to Earth United. You're not God's chosen children. That's City. <laughs> yeah, but they paid for that privilege. Um, but before we move on, I just want to touch on the, you know, kind of the grossest over and under performance relative to expected points. So, and it, what, so everybody understands expected points is basically just a, a big cauldron of expected goals and what that means to your expected points, expected goals allowed, what that contributes to your expected points kind of blends together for expected points. And that all of that looks back on the quality of chances that you create and the quality of the chances that you concede. So 20 bad chances might be worth as much as two good ones. It's just all about volume and quality of shot. So uh, it looks to me, just as a cursory look, Brighton are underperforming their expected points by 18. They only have 26. It's a lot. That is insane. So that's, what is that, 75%, 80% underperformance? And then on the flip side, your, your squad that's overperforming the most is somebody we haven't touched on very much today. We touched on him a little bit last week. It's your your best friends in blue. The luckiest little boys Everton. from down the street. Everton are overperforming Ugh. their expected points by 11 and a half. So they've got 46 points. Their expected points is 34 and a half. So they're, they are grossly overperforming. They're so, literally having the best season that they've had this century. 
But does the twenty not, the twenty second century, whatever twenty first century, does it does. Fit when you watch him, Calvert Lewin's having the season of his life, where Charleston's banging in from like fifteen degree angles. It's it fits kind of what you see when you watch him play. As bad as Liverpool have been, Everton have been good on the flip side. It's just like it's like somebody took all of the luck out of Anfield. They they took a little voodoo doll and started sticking it into our stadium. And they transferred that energy down the street to Everton because Everton enjoy this year. It's not happening again for another 20 or 30 yeah, years where you're going to finish ahead of us. Yeah, They're having the best <laughs> season ever. They're having the best season in, in 25 enjoy years, but, but still won't win crap. So it's fine. You guys just, are shooting your little sparklers out outside the stadium after you beat us. You've got your little blue shirts on, and you're all happy this year. But we beat, it's the, not we, beat Liverpool tro- we beat Liverpool trophies being shined. You know, right. I just have to say, Skiff, you were so adamant about beating them, and here we are two weeks later, adamantly talking all kind of noise about how little brother this, little brother that. It just took your, so your your the lead time on your arrogance is 10 days is what it appears to be like you just got to recycle in 10 days and then skiff is back baby and that's how long it takes me that, that's how long they, it takes me to reload my twitter app after i delete it yeah right exactly they still are the little brother just not this season but they're, they're always be the little brother that's facts man you know? i still well, think that we'll finish above them well that is hot take ish but not, i mean not really what do you uh Three points behind them. Now they do have a game in hand. I don't. I'm not sure who it is against offhand, but they do have one game in hand. But based on the data and the and the uh, chances created and conceded, you're not wrong. So that'll be an interesting one to watch. So the the derbies are interesting. So Everton and Liverpool, where they end up. Arsenal and Spurs, where they end up. And the Manchester club is kind of done and dusted. But um, I think it'll be an interesting one. West Ham. Spurs and Arsenal, who finishes higher from London. It'll be a fun one to watch for the rest of the season. What uh, What is your dumb stat for our one city fan that follows us? Give us your dumb stat of the day for Manchester City. So yeah, this this kind of pivots nicely into uh, and some conversation about Pep. It, so John Stones and Ruben Diaz have scored more goals this season than they have conceded as a as a defensive pairing. Scored more between the two of them than the opposition has scored against their club when they're playing together, which epitomizes everything about City and everything about the season. It is absolutely insane. And they're not just like scoring little lucky goals. They're like thunderheaders from like the, the top of the box, like just hammering it in. It's insane what those two are doing. And it makes me so mad because Spurs wanted Ruben Diaz and Daniel Levy is so tight and so bald like me that he wouldn't spend the money. And it makes me so angry. He had to buy a little, uh, buy a little bald wax uh, for his head. He couldn't afford the extra cash. It's sunscreen. That's the trick. Sunscreen also moisturizes. <laughs> oh, speaking of, uh, speaking of the goat, uh, we talk a lot about uh, coaches, um, obviously, because they change quite often. But can you think of a better pl- coach right now in any of the leagues than Pep? Any league? CBG. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> now you're smoking crack, Eric. Future Liverpool legend of a manager. Bra- Broward, County, no, I, Broward no, County Schools drug test, Eric. <laughs> I don't work for Broward County, number one. <laughs> no, I, I don't mean like career-wise. I mean, this year. did you mean just this year? I mean, he's having a great year. I mean, take it how you hear it. What do you think? Define your point. Now I got to back it up because I'm getting attacked. Maybe I should have said it, but (laughs) no, Pep's great. What do you want from me? Pep's great. I'm the one who kind of wanted to bring him up in the first place. I think he's a fantastic manager. And, you know, even last year when he had all those injuries and things going wrong, kind of like similar to what we had this year, he still kept him competitive. It's not like they finished 12th or 15th. Granted, they spend a lot of money, but, you know, like we said in the pre-show, uh, you know, chat, they refreshed the squad year after year, and he still bring, managed to to bring in some quality players after losing quality players. So he always keeps them fresh and competitive and always seems to push the right buttons, you know. Um, we'll see what the Champions League brings. He's still chasing that, but but we'll see. But he's, he's doing a great job. So, so 
I think it, he just signed a contract. Yeah, and it's right. crazy. They had a down year last year, and they finished 15 points ahead of third place. Like, oh, I'm sorry you're having a down year. Go ahead and bang out 81 points in the freaking season. Like, I'll right. take a that down was, year like that. Exactly. We'll be lucky to get to 60 points this year. I would still love to see him at a not, – not a, like, Brighton, but uh, – this is going to come off wrong, but, like, Spurs. Arsenal – or Spurs, or Dortmund, or, you know, Valencia, Sevilla, one of those clubs where there's enough money to compete, but there's not this disgusting amount of money to just dominate. And I'm not doubting him at all. Like, that's not what I'm saying. I'm really interested to see what he would do because he really, he is tactically flexible. He has put out so many formations. And I think that's part of his issue in the Champions League is he's, he, he wants to like, do weird things and show that he's so smart. He's the smartest guy in the room. Sometimes I remember, I, I think I was at a trade show and I had a lunch break watching champions league and they're playing Real Madrid. And it was the strangest lineup I'd ever seen. And they got beat for nothing. Like, what are you doing? Like, you don't have to be the smartest guy in the room. You just spend a billion dollars. Like just play Sergio Aguero up top, like stop it. But I'm, I would love to see him with a club with just enough money, but where he would have to be creative to compete. Yeah, I mean, that that's the only knock on Pep, and you're right. I watched the West Ham. I think they played West Ham on the weekend, right? Like, Kinsella was basically playing as – I mean, he was playing almost as a striker, mm-hmm. like, in his positioning. And you're right. The only knock on Pep is he's never done it at a team that hasn't had the best players or the most money. I think he could, though. I don't want to be, like, a hater. I, and I'm not and saying he, he couldn't. Yeah, I just want to make that clear. But he's never had to find that diamond in the rough. Not that he hasn't, but he's never had to be like, oh, I can't buy a $60 million full dollar fullback or $50 million center back. I only have to buy one of those. I can't have $400 billion sitting on my bench at the weekend. So best coach in the world right now, I would say yes. Would he be the best coach in the world at a different club? I don't know. Could he take? Could here's a, here's an interesting question. He's never won the Champions League. Could he take like a PSG team over and win the Champions League with no domestic pressure? I think so. I, I don't know, man. I don't know. He chokes it away in the Champions League. Like, week after week, he's one of those coaches that will win almost every game because, A, he has better players. B, he's a better coach than almost every player. But he is kind of a choke artist, like like Scott said, in the Champions League. So, like, when it comes to it... The Champions League, ultimately, we talk a lot about managers. Ultimately, you got to have the players. And you, you can't try to be the smartest person like Ronaldo wins champions leagues, Messi wins champions leagues, Robin and um, Ribery and Lewandowski and players like that kind of elevate themselves in those moments. And they become, they, there's the, a tier of player you reach when you prove that you can do it on that stage. And you saw Mbappe and Neymar in the final, try to drag PSG through and it's not that they couldn't do it. The rest of the squad wasn't there, but it wasn't because of the manager that they didn't right. get there. It, it was it, some clubs are on the level where there's a mentality at the club. There's an expectation at the club, like Bayern, like Barcelona, where you don't have a mental hurdle. Like you're not achieving some new thing to win the champions league. And I don't, I don't know that Pep can get a team to a place. They've never been in the champions league. I think he could take a team who's been there now and get them there because the players aren't looking to him to be like, okay, can we do this? They're like, okay, of course we can do this or Barcelona, but city's like, well, you know, I remember when we lost 11 nil to Brighton in 2006 because they get tweet gets retweeted every 14 minutes. But like, can, can he take a club like that? I don't know. And I hate talking about this because I'm not a pep hater. I'm also bald. So I, I love him for that, but <laughs> This has got to be their year, right? Like, you look you look around at the Champions League. Spain is down. All three of those teams are down. Like, Germany, it's Bayern. Right. 
England, it's City. City. Like Juve are Liver- exactly Liver- world beaters. Liverpool have been awful. I mean, they've they've advanced, but they've been awful. Chelsea are paying average. I don't think that they're going to be world beaters. So you look through it, and you know you go and you say, well, Bayern's got to be the favorite. They won last year, and then it's got to be tier two is PSG and City. Like this is the year, right? Like we well, thought that last year, but this is the year. Well, it has to be because it, PSG has the same problem with with Pochettino as City has with um, with Pep. I mean, I lo- obviously love Pochettino, but it's the same situation there with the players looking to the manager like, okay, we've been here, we tried. Are you the one to get us over the top? And a system is not going to win a Champions League final. You're not going to high-pressure way into beating Bayern in a final. You know, you're just not. So Now, let me ask you this. If, if this year's his year and he doesn't get it done, how long till he jump ship to a team that can win it? Because that's his final legacy. He wins that final crown in the, the, jewel, uh, the jewel in the crown, so to speak, then he's got no, nothing else to prove. I don't think he's going anywhere. Who a who has the money to afford what he wants to do? It's not Barcelona. Well, who like, that he hasn't already been to? Right. <laughs> like he's not going. I don't think he's going to Juventus to coach Ronaldo. I mean, that would be pretty cool, but I don't think it's going to happen. Like, I think that they're going to buy somebody dumb, like Holland or Messi, this year, and they're just going. And he just wants to turn this into he. I, I think his ego, and again, I'm not a hater either. I think he's an amazing coach. I think his ego wants him to go down as one of the greatest coaches, and I think that he thinks that Mourinho has a better legacy than him right now because Mourinho has won more Champions Leagues. And I think he wants to go down and win Champions League after Champions League with City to outshine Mourinho. So he he thinks that, but it's true, right? I mean... I mean, Mourinho didn't take like Bayern Munich to a Champions League. He took Porto, Mourinho, and Inter, and, <laughs> and that Inter. One, and it wasn't like a classic. Okay, that was a very good Inter team. Like for all my Serie A nerds, that was a very good Inter team. But they had like thirteen percent possession in that final, and it, like it had Jose's Jose rubbed himself all over that final. Like that that trophy. Like everything I've said about a system not winning final is total garbage. In that one or those two instances, like he. And I, I'm not doing this because I'm a Spurs fan. I would love Jose Mourinho to get the sack, but he basically won those two final systems wise. So I mean, he kind of does have a better pedigree if you're looking at it like that. Are those two the Ronaldo and Messi because they both coach them? That is that the comparison of the greatest coaches? I mean, there's nobody currently, who's been at their level currently. Recently. Currently, yeah, I think obviously Sir Alex is in there, uh, you know, for former managers, and there's there's all kinds of former successful managers, but currently I, I don't know that you could even make an argument. You know, Conte's had success, and you've had some other managers who've had success, but I, maybe I'm forgetting somebody. I mean, Klopp's been up there, but I wouldn't put him in the same tier by any stretch of imagination. I think, I think he's in a tier below. But Klopp is is not had the opportunities that that those two have had from a not that Liverpool's not a big club, but he went from Mainz to Dortmund to Liverpool. Right. Pep went from Barcelona to Bayern to right. The, you know, money on FC. Yeah. So it's just it's just not the same for Klopp. But Klopp is obviously he's I think he's probably next on the list for active managers. And then there's a bunch of really exciting younger ones and mostly in Germany. That'll be interesting how that shakes out. But yeah, I think so. And it's actually Messi and Ronaldo is an interesting one because I've always had this debate and I don't want to do this on the podcast because I find these kind of annoying, but Messi is like an artist who's like blessed to do these things at his size. And Ronaldo's like this just, now he works really hard on his body and his physique and his technique and all that stuff. So he works hard. I don't want it to sound like that, but Ronaldo has this like physical, he's going to be good because he's so physically gifted. Messi's just kind of like a little wizard and he's, it, it's, it's interesting. Like Mourinho is good because he's negative and he's grinding at it and he's going to make his way that way. And, and Pep is like creative and artistic kind of like Messi. It's kind of an interesting comparison. Did you did you see that Fabian uh, Delph? Um, oh God, that was. 
So for those of you listening, uh, Pep was trying to talk to his team about what they're doing. And Fabian Delphin, a typical, he's English, right? Typical so English, English fashion, like, guys, guys, we just have to run harder. We have to defend more. Our midfielders have to go box to box. Our forwards have to score. We just have to go out and get it. And you're talking about Pep Guardiola. He's telling this to the greatest tactician, maybe in the current game, maybe in the modern era. And if I, I just wanted the camera to show Pep's face, like, you know, he'd be like, don't get the hell out of my locker room. You moron. You don't have to run hard. Tactically. You got to do this. So Delph Delph says we have to run, run more defenders need to defend midfielders need to box to box and strikers need to score. Like that is just some grade a, three lions bs if i've ever heard it <laughs> and and pep's response was so good and i won't say it because it's on the podcast and we're and we're family friendly but he said that's bull s he said that's bull s you think you have to run harder but it's not running harder and then delf interrupts him like i interrupt you guys <laughs> like it's pep it's pep what are you doing that is such an english thing run hard me run fast me score goals me fabian delf like get out of here like, that's it's why, like he's talking to harry redknapp that's why you don't win world cups england oh i'm not going there i'm sorry christian i think you should win a world cup oh uh, let's talk about uh let's do our you know well, speaking quick, of not winning yeah Eric. let's do a qu- quick fantasy pick them uh update here I know that that for Pickham, that Eric, you remain at the top with 52. Scott, second, 44. Charles with a big week, the best week in the pod, up to 42. Christian and myself are tied at 40. Jen with a a fall from grace. Sad 38. And our fans. Hero hero to zero for Jen. 37. She won last season. Yeah, pick pick them this week. We've got our boy. uh, I've got a a bunch of questions out there about. you know who's uh, who's gonna win, who's gonna lose. So I, I threw it out on the uh, threw it out on the old uh, podcast Twitter here, and uh, JS Ramos, our, our good dear friend, said Fulham by five over Liverpool this weekend. Is that wrong? And, you, I mean, and United are gonna win with Henderson and goal. All I want to know is what state do you live in, and where can I get the good stuff, Mister Ramos? It's Broward County Schools, man. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Eric, let's uh, let's do a little. I don't, uh, don't want to out him, but I think that's where he's from. He's down south. He's a down south guy like me. But all right, let's go uh, top five. We're gonna go with the, uh, the the team name, the manager's name, the weekly total, and the yearly uh, season total so far. So coming at number five, the special one managed by Gonzalo Blondo. He has fifty four points this week with one thousand five hundred sixty one. Uh, in the four spot, Inkhart, made by Sushant Mane, has 75 points this week for 1,585 points. Our very own Scott Mackey with Wellhyung, 5 ATB, has 79 points this week with 1,589. Also our very own Miss this week, Charles Reed with Win Bissaka, has 72 points this week, 1,601 total. And finally, the number one spot, Science Stedman managing Stedmany United, has 89 game week 26 points with a total of 1,605 Wow, there there are accusations of doping with Zion <laughs> Stedman's team. I just wanted it to be known that there will be an investigation into this. Wow. Well, uh, let, let's uh, let's run through our pick'em games real quick. There's only three of us, so this uh, this shouldn't take too long. Um, first game up, Fulham Liverpool. We've got the fighter li- fighting Liverpudlians who haven't won at home in five games. First time since 2003-2004. We've had five home losses. Eric, you, you going to pick us? Nope. Fulham, 2-1. Wow. <laughs> I don't even think that's a, that's a double. I mean, oh, 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 like you're so wow. surprised. Like you're so shocked. Like, that's, that's not even a jinx move. That That's with your chest. Yeah, oh, 100%. <sighs> I, told oh, myself, I hope I'm wrong, though, obviously, but... I told myself before the pod I wasn't picking Liverpool to win again this season. However... I wrote it down. However... In pencil. <laughs> Liverpool. Four to one. We're back. So, so you went from not picking them at all to a three-goal victory. Three-goal victory, baby. We're back. Yeah, how many of those beers have you cracked? Um, <laughs> Quite a few. Yeah, I'll go with the draw. Shocking. Uh, Wolves Villa, the fighting uh, Frankmen versus uh, Villa minus uh, Mr. Grealish. 
I went ahead and went with a draw for this one. Uh, Scott? Without Grealish, it's a draw. With him, I think they win. Eric? Uh, which, what match was that again? I'm sorry. I mean, we just went you, over you, it. Wolves you're Villa. Gen, you're taking Gen. Oh, yeah. Villa. All right. No, I, no I'll go with uh, – I said draw. Oh, well, then I want to change my pick. I'm going to go with a Villa win. A change in flight. Villa win. Eric, Chelsea that. Everton. Uh, it's a tough one. I'm going to go uh, – it could go either way. I'll go uh, Chelsea something like 2-1. Uh, unfortunately, I also picked the fighting Chelsea men 3-2. to two. So uh, – as in my never-ending quest to chase Eric down, I refuse to pick the same outcome as him. I will go with a draw. City United, the big one this week. Well, I mean, second place. Like, so this is first versus second, right? Like, I mean, it's it's basically Manchester, like it's, it's Manchester like first, Derby. First versus second through fifth, because that's about the range that they're in. But but it's a rivalry match. It's right. it's there's no fans in the stands, so the home. That doesn't matter, right? Uh, um, to City, United, um, United are six to one to win. City that, by that. four, says Christian. I I just want to make it clear that that United are the second longest odds to win in all five matches, and they're second in the table. If that doesn't tell you about their form and City's wow. form, they're longer they're longer odds than Everton to beat Chelsea. Well, Eric, I know you're picking a draw, Scott. I know you're picking a draw. Your draw, City. Come on. Come on. Oh, gosh. I'm going City 2-1. I mean, look at the odds. Four out of the last five games, I think, have been draws. So it's obvious what you're picking. Draw. Draw. West Ham leads. The Bubbles versus the Roses. Will the the roses pop those bubbles and take home the W, or will the bubbles encapsulate the roses and sink them? Scott, That's very dramatic. Thank you. This is my favorite kind of match where, all, like, the both winners have positive odds and the draw have positive odds. That's how you know it's going to be a fun one. Um, draw. Eric, I almost went with draw, but at last minute I said West Ham. It could be. It, it, it really could be one of those three outcomes. A West Ham a win, Leeds win, bold. or draw. Like, a, yeah, you don't. But I'm going to go with uh, West Ham. That's a bold, bold statement, Eric. That it could be a win, loss, or draw. It's a bold statement, Cotton. Of course. Uh, <laughs> I went like to... a lead pipe lock for either team. You know what I'm saying? Jeez. <laughs> I went with the the Fighting West Ham's also. So uh, very, uh, very ambitious picks by me this year. This is a big week, Eric. You and I picked all five different games. No, you, you both picked Wolves versus uh, Villa to draw. Oh, you want change Dang it? it, Eric. <laughs> I don't change my picks, unlike somebody who's That's also true. in charge of this, which feels wrong. If I was in charge, I would have myself in first if I was cheating. I'm not, not that, uh, you're not that organized. I'm actually extremely organized, but <laughs> good try. Eric, uh, did you listen to the pod last week? What did you think of our what in the world of football? Is a lot of death, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, you know sackings, death. I mean, can you bring back some positivity? I don't know. It's either that or sex robots. I don't know what you guys want more of, but uh, but this uh, week we got actually got zombies. So um, in La Liga, we have. We have Cadiz and Athletic Bilbao took the center stage on Monday night. La Liga had its only match of the day. And Cadiz actually was pulling a Liverpool and hadn't won a match since Jan- uh, January 10th. And they're three points above the relegation zone. So for some reason, instead of putting out like a hype video, the club put out some weird video that, um, that fans call it the walking Cadiz, which is 15 seconds of a juggler, a walker juggling his extremely squishy decapitated head. It's like a zombie fan walking down the street with a decapitated head. They actually played like a bunch of zombies against the Athletic and went out and got drilled 4-0. So I don't know if they're supposed to pump them up or not. It was yeah, weird. I was about to weird. say, so that, that didn't help? Didn't help, no. Yeah, that's yeah. strange. Coming soon, zombie James Milder in our next video. So I mean, he kind of does look like a zombie already. <laughs> well, he's played like one for years. So <laughs> I mean, this year, Scott, this year. No, this I mean, year. Let, yeah. Let's not pretend like Milner's lost some athleticism this season. That's what he said this year. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Yeah, no, I'm saying let's not pretend like he's all of a sudden gotten slow. He's he's been that way. 
but he's been tactically smart this year. There we go. See. Okay. So his brain's gone now too. Okay. Yes. Yes. Like a zombie whose brain rots, you know, Scott, but they, eat, works. they eat brains. Okay. Well, he, has, he hasn't, you know, found any young lads to eat brains from lately. So he's, uh, he's out of it. <laughs> he's lost his tactics. He's slow in the mind. Oh man. That, that got nasty quick. Wrap this thing up, Skip, before you say something worse than that. All right. Well, congratulations again to uh, Jen's um, boys high school team who won the state championship. We hope, um, you know, uh, our friends who weren't able to make it tonight that they uh, everything goes well with them and we'll keep them in our thoughts and prayers. And we hope to see you guys again next week. Up the Reds.